Well, here we are, church. We've been kind of driving towards this day for the last four weeks. It's the final day of our Rise Up series, the final day of our Rise Up campaign where we kind of say we're in or we're not in to stepping into the vision and the calling and the opportunity that God has placed before us. And so uh, today, today's a really big day. Today's a really big day. We've already had a great weekend. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. But I believe that without exaggeration, this is not just pastor speak or exaggeration, but I believe that what we're going to do here today can and will impact generations to come. And so, yeah, today's, today's a big day. And... Um, if it seems like I'm not excited on the outside, I am. I'm, I'm, I've, I've developed like these sores inside my mouth that makes it really difficult to talk. So the enemy's tried to steal my joy on the inside. I'm full of joy on the outside. I'm, I, my, it's not matching how I feel on the inside, so don't read into anything. You can pray for me that I can get through it okay. Um, but we're going to have a great day today. We're open up God's Word and, um, and give you a chance to commit and to give and to sacrifice to the future of the kingdom of God here in this area. And so let's just pray together. Father, we come this morning, and Lord, this is all for you. This isn't about next. This isn't about a building. It's not even about money. Lord, it's ultimately, it's all about you. It's all for you and your name and your glory, and your heart for people to know you, to come to be rescued, and to enter into your kingdom. So God, we pray that by faith we would step into the invitation that you've placed before us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat, friends. I want to say good morning to you. Welcome to Next Community Church, and especially if you're a guest or a visitor here today, you have come uh, on, a, on, a, on a very unique Sunday. As I just mentioned, it really is kind of the culmination of the last four weeks and where we've been going, and so um, we're trying to step into a very specific vision of, of what we believe God has shared with us and, and leading us to be and do as a church, as a, as a new church. And so um, I want to welcome you to next and, and just say um, all this today is, is, is uh, you're just going to probably be watching if you're a guest here today. Don't feel like you've got to be a part of it. Um, but we're glad that you're here. Honestly, we're glad that you're here and we pray that you would experience God's heart here at next. Um, let me ask you a question. I want you to, on a scale of 1 to 10, I want you to uh, rate yourself, or maybe better phrased would be how you think God would rate um, your life in regards to being pleasing to Him, All right? And, and, and God, God, God doesn't do this. He doesn't go around rating you and judging you and giving you a grade, right? But, but um, there's a lot of grace. But I just... There is, there's a, I'm going somewhere with this. So I want, you to, I want you to think on a scale of 1 to 10, right now, your life and the way you are living your life, how is it 
pleasing to God. And you can't say five. Right? You can't cheese out and go in for the middle. A scale of one to ten. What would you say? And the reason, the reason that I, I bring this up is, is because recently um, a particular verse has been standing out to me. And it's, it's the verse in, in Hebrews chapter 11 that says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So in other words, a life that is pleasing to God is a life that is lived by faith. And, and so what God is looking for from his followers, from his disciples, from his children is a life that is lived by faith with him and unto him. And, and frankly, God is, is not, he's not needed or not impressed, rather, with, with our good works and our kind of religious deeds and our, our religious rituals and all those things. You're going to see that that's really not what, what God is after. He's after your heart. And it's going to be in your heart that you're going to determine whether or not you're going to live by faith. And, and you're here today. You're sitting here in a, in a church. And so I'm, I'm assuming your desire is to please God. And so if your desire is to please God, we've got to get to the point in our head and our hearts where we understand God made it very clear. He gave us this very clear black and white sentence in the Bible that says, without faith... It's impossible to please me. And so what he's looking for is us to live by faith. Not by sight, but by faith. Where we're stepping into things that are beyond us, things that make us uncomfortable, things where we're not in control, things that stretch us, things that we've never done before. All of those phrases are wrapped up in what it means to live by faith. And so I don't know what number you would have given yourself, but I know the way to increase that and live a life pleasing to God is going to be more faith. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at each of the last few weeks. We've looked at a a story in the Bible, a story from the Old Testament, of of, um, people that have risen up. And stepped into what it is that God has called. The first week we looked at Esther. And we looked at the story of Esther and how she was in this position for such a time as this. That God gave her this opportunity for such a time as this. But to step into something by faith, it was risking her very life to save the nation of Israel. The Jews that were living in exile. And she did that. And then we looked the next week at Solomon. And how Solomon rallied all of the people and organized the building of the Lord's house, the temple in the Old Testament. And we looked at how the temple doesn't exist there anymore, though, because the people, after they built the temple, they strayed from the God of the temple. And then last week, we looked at, briefly, the story of Abraham and and how Abraham, God told him to just go. And we looked at this incredible story of obedience. And what does it look like to obey God? And specifically, we looked at what does it look like to obey God when it comes to our finances? And how God knew there was going to be this tension 
between being faithful to our money and faithful to him. He said, you're going to have to pick which one's going to be your master. And, and today, we're going to look at a, a, an Old Testament story of faith. And what does it look like to live by faith? Because apart from faith, we cannot please God. And then we're going to tie it in and, and with where we're at here with Rise Up. And what does it mean to live by faith and trusting God, again, financially speaking? And so we're going to look at the story of Joshua. Joshua was the young protege that followed Moses. Moses was the one who led the nation of Israel out of captivity and led them up to the promised land, but didn't lead them into the promised land. And the people chickened out when they were supposed to go in. They didn't want to live by faith. There were some obstacles in the land, some giants in the land, and they're like, no, 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 we, we can't do it. It's too hard. It's too big. It's too difficult. Even though God said, go. And so God said, all right, and take a lap. And they took a 40-year lap through the Israel wilderness until all of them died off. And the next generation rose up and is right on the edge of entering into the promised land. They're lit, if you can picture it on a map, they're in Jordan. There's the Jordan River. And on the other side of the Jordan River is Israel. They're currently in Jordan, and they're waiting to cross over into the promised land. And that's where the story of Joshua picks up, and that's where we pick up today. Joshua chapter 1 says, this is God speaking to Joshua. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Picture, picture this. What God is saying is everywhere you put your foot, everywhere you step, is going to be land that I'm going to give to you and to the nation of Israel. It's going to be the promised land. Everywhere that you step, but it's going to require faith, right? Stepping into places that you don't know is going to require faith. And God says, everywhere you step, I'm going to give you. And then he says this, because he knew that stepping into unknown areas is going to be difficult. So God gives Joshua a brave heart kind of speech to encourage him. He says this, Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Again, thinking back to our Bible series that we did for seven weeks. Again, just a reminder, here we are in the book of Joshua, the sixth book of the Bible, early on in biblical history, and, and they have already have records, right? They're already writing things down. And, and, and God is telling Joshua, don't, don't depart from this book. You're to meditate on it day and night. You want to know the secret of success in life? It's to meditate and hide God's word in your heart. This is what God's telling him to do so that you can carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. That's God's heart for his people. Again, he's made it very plain and very clear. Right? It's not a mystery. It's not like some secret to find out what is God looking for in life and what does God see as successful in life and How's God going to work? He says, haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then he gives the instructions. Here's how this is going to happen. 
He says, command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the edge of the water, stand in the Jordan. Okay? So don't get this mixed up with Moses leading the nation of Israel and, and parting the Red Sea. Right? That, that happened some 40 years earlier where the Israelites coming out of Egypt crossed the Red Sea. But this is not this group of people. This group of people died off. This is now their kids. And their kids standing there in front of the Jordan River, getting ready to cross over into Israel. And, and God says, here's what's going to happen. The priests are going to go first. Which is kind of a, it's kind of a strange battle plan. Because when they cross over to the other side, they're, they're going to engage in, in enemy conflict. And so you would think you'd want to put, you know, the fighting men, the soldiers, the, the generals to go first. And, and God says, no, 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 the priests are going to go first. And, and he says, the priests are going to carry the Ark of the Covenant, right? It was the container of the very presence of God. And so the priests were supposed to carry the Ark of the Covenant into the Jordan River. Now listen, when the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, come to rest in the Jordan's water, its water will be cut off. The water flowing downstream will stand up in mass. Now, the Jordan overflows its banks throughout the harvest season. Just like God, never wanting to make something easy, he decided to have them cross at the time when the Jordan was at floodplain. <laughs> and so it's not some little trickle of a, of a creek bed. It's not some dried out river. It's, it's a river that's at its highest stage, flowing rapidly, overflowing its banks. But it says, as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water at its edge. And the water flowing downstream stood still, rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam, a city next to Zerathon. And the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all of Israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Again, it's easy to read a Bible story and kind of just suck the life out of it, not use your holy imagination and understand what's, what's going on here. I mean, imagine, imagine you're one of the priests and you're carrying this heavy ark, number one, which is just a lead weight that you're about to go take this step into this river that's rushing by. You think that doesn't require faith? And as the priests carrying the presence of God, step into the river, all of a sudden it, it dams up upstream. And the priests go out and stand in the middle of the dry bed of the river now. And the people, the nation of Israel, go crossing by. And I'm sure the priests were like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, like, right? As they're looking at this water kind of building up in mass upstream. An unbelievable story, again, of, of faith. And you can read on in Joshua how God gave them victory in the land that they were in that was God's promised land that became inhabited while they were 
enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And so they come in and how God gives them the land back. It's just, it's a story of, of faith and miracles and faith and miracles and faith and miracles. And I said in week one, is God done with miracles? And I, I think we all said, no, we don't think God's done with miracles, but he's just waiting for people to have faith. He's waiting for his people to rise up and to have faith so that God will show up because without faith, God's not pleased and God doesn't show up and move. He's waiting for people to be men and women of faith. I'd say it like this. God and his promises are experienced by faith. That you want God and you want more of God and you want what I call the, the five P's of God. You want his plan for your life. You want his power in your life in his protection and his purpose and his provision. And you want all those things. It comes when you have the ultimate P of God in your life, his presence, his presence in your life. And that comes when you and I live by faith. God shows up. God is looking. His eyes are looking for men and women who are willing to step out by faith. And God says, yes, I'm attracted to that. I'm drawn to that. There's a man, there's a woman that's hungry for me and trusting in me. And that's when God shows up. And that's when you experience God's presence. And then that's when you experience his plan and his power and his protection and his provision and his purpose for your life. And one of the great challenges... We talked about this last week, and I told you I was going to share a verse this week, and I want to continue on. One of the great challenges to living by faith occurs when it comes to our finances. We talked about this last week. We talked about being obedient, and one of the ways it's really difficult to be obedient is with our finances. And I, I, I talked about how we get our roles flip-flop sometimes. We talked about how it's really, really important to understand the difference between a steward and an owner. And I told you the key to understanding your role as a steward and God's role as an owner is six words. Remember the six words? God says, I own it. God owns it. I manage it. Right? You remember those words? God owns it. I manage it. And, and when you and I act as owners as opposed to stewards, things get upside down and sideways real fast. And, and I told you that it's like theft. God, God considers it theft. It's like you're an asset manager and you're taking the owner's resources and funds and keeping them. And that's, that's theft. And this is exactly what God calls it in the Old Testament because the nation of Israel was doing it. And they were doing it with this thing called the tithe. And the tithe was a portion of your income that you give unto the Lord as a gift, as an offering for the advancement of the Lord's work. And, and it, tithe literally means tenth. It was a, a tenth of your income. And, and it was the first tenth that you gave it wasn't the last tenth. It wasn't like you get to the end of the month and you're like, what do we got left? Well, Lord, here's what you get this month. God was like, no, no, no. I, I want the first fruits. And, and that way, you're living by faith the rest of the month. I don't want your leftovers. I want the first. 
I want the, the best that you give unto the Lord. And it's, it's a principle that is taught in both the Old Testament and then in the New Testament. Jesus comes along and, and really ups the game. And, 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 and people want to argue and say, well, the tithe was an Old Testament principle. We're not under the Old Testament law. We're under New Testament grace. And that's true. Except grace, Jesus comes along and grace elevates the game, elevates the bar. And, 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 and Jesus comes along and says, you know, uh, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. So you tell me which bar is higher, to commit the physical act of adultery or to just look at somebody lustfully? Jesus says, that's adultery of the heart. Jesus elevates the bar. Jesus comes along and says, the law says don't murder, but if you hold on to anger, it's like murder in your heart. And so Jesus never, grace doesn't lower the bar, grace elevates the bar. And, and so let's read this passage. It's found in Malachi, and, 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 and God calls it robbery. Malachi is an interesting book of the Bible. It's the last book of the Old Testament, and it's a conversation between God and Israel. And, and God, uh, it's six different conversation pieces, and it's a question and answer of God asking them a question and then Israel asking them a question back and going back and forth. And the last one has to do with money. And the last question and answer has to do with this concept of the tithe. And God is, is busting them on it and saying, this ain't right, you're robbing for me. Here's, here's how it goes. Malachi chapter 3 says this. Since the days of your fathers, you have turned from my statutes. You have not kept them. Return to me. This is always the heart of God. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of armies. That's what God's waiting for. By the way, that's the word. That's what repent means. Repent means you're going this direction, and all of a sudden you come to your senses and you realize this is wrong. Repent is to turn back to God. That's what the word repent literally means. To change your mind and to turn and to come back. And God says, I'll be right there. Return to me and I will return to you. Yet, now here's, here's the, this conversation. Yet, you ask, God says, how can we return? Will a man rob God? This is God speaking. You're robbing me. This is what God says. And the people say, well, how do we rob you, you ask? By not making the payments of the tenth and the contributions. Saying, you're not, you're not giving unto me what belongs unto me. You're suffering under a curse. Yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of armies. The only place in scriptures where God invites testing is with this. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. And so here is a, a major area of disobedience the nation of Israel was wrestling with. It requires faith giving the first off the top, giving a tenth, which if you've not done that, if that hasn't been a practice in your, in your giving habits, you're like, that's, that's a lot. 
Right? It's, a, it's a shocking number at first. If, if, if you've only been like, yeah, well, here's a 20 in the plate. Um, a tenth is, is a lot. But yet that is the standard of what God invites his people into of living by faith. And as I, I said to you last week, God so much isn't concerned about what you give. It's, it's more about what you keep. And, and, and you can get really legalistic about this because the whole act of giving unto God is to be an act of worship. It's to be an act of worship unto him, right? And, and the, Pharisees, the Pharisees took the law and they just kind of made a law about the law, about the law, about the law, so we would never even get close about it. And that's how they got so legalistic. This is what they would do. They understood the principle of the tithe and the tenth, that they would even tithe a tenth of their spices. They'd, they'd go into their spice rack, and they'd tithe a tenth of their spices. I mean, they just got so ridiculous, right? And God's like, no, no, you're, you're missing the point. Here's what God says. I'm after your heart. I'm after you living by faith. I'm not after some kind of, again, ritualistic religious routine that you go through the motions to make yourself feel good, but your heart's not really in it. See, God's after the heart. And he's after an invitation of his family, his children, living by faith. And so the Apostle Paul in the New Testament says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The point is this. The person who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. That, that, that little phrase, you reap what you sow, did you know that's a biblical concept? That's a biblical principle. It comes from the Bible. All right? And then the Apostle Paul says this each person should do as he decided in his heart. See, this is what God's after. He's after your heart. Not reluctantly or out of compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. Right? It's, a, it's an act of worship. It's an act of surrender. It's an act of trust. It's an act of faith. And all of that brings you closer to God. And, and so that's why, honestly, church, all along, from the very beginning, I've asked you to do three things. And I pray this hasn't... This hasn't been all out of compulsion. I, I pray you haven't felt compulsed, <laughs> compelled. I, I, my prayer is, is that you would, I said, do three things. One, I want you to sit with God. Two, I want you to listen to what he says. Three, obey. Obey what he says. And that's what we've asked you to do these last four weeks. Sit with God, intercede, and say, God, what part do you have me play in this rise up, in this stepping into this new season for such a time as this. Listen to what he says. And now today is the time where we get to obey, where we've, we've asked you to bring, to bring these commitment cards and, and to commit and be willing to live by faith and sacrifice for a period of three years so that we can do the four things that we believe that God has put on our hearts to be and do as a church. We felt like he said, stay here and skip back. Be permanent here. Put down roots in this community. Buy this building. Serve and love this community. And plant churches. And so those are the four things that we're stepping by a church leadership in faith. And we're inviting you to come with us. And so the Rise Up campaign was birthed. 
We gave out these commitment cards and asked you to seek God in your part in being a part of this. And I, we recognize that the cards maybe, it, 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 um, that's why I sent a video out this week. If you got the video, we're going to have a time in the service right now where, where you're going to, to give these. And, and so let me say a couple things before I, I lead us into that time. Number one, if you're newer here, you're like, man, I just, I'm just new here. I'm just checking this out. That's great. Just come. Feel no pressure to be a part of, of, of this. No, nobody should feel a pressure to be a part of this. Um, I, that's why I wanted you to sit and spend time with the Lord. And I've tried to balance the line of t- t- teaching the scriptures, urging you to live by faith and sacrifice. Let me read you this definition I found this week about sacrifice. I think it's, I think it's amazing. Um, the definition for sacrifice was this. The willingness to give up something I love for something that I love even more. That's a good definition of sacrifice. A a willingness to give up something I love to give to something that I love even more. Sacrifice. And so with that definition of mine, I, I would unapologetically challenge you to sacrifice unto the king and for the expansion of his kingdom knowing that it's worth it. And so, um, well, let me just tell you this, and then I'll walk through the cards with you. So there's a principle in Scripture that leaders go first, right? That leaders go the way and show the way, as John Maxwell says. And, and so before we rolled out the Rise Up campaign to the whole church, we held a special meeting with the leaders of our church, and, and shared it with them, shared the heart and the vision with them in the very beginning of March. And then Friday night, two days ago, we gathered that same group of leaders and we invited them to come and we invited them to go first, to, to pave the way and to set the pace for us stepping into this Rise Up campaign that we're in and to kind of get us out the gate and to go first. So they... We had a, a, a time together in this room Friday night, and, and they turned in their cards, and, um, and we tallied them all up, and let me, let me tell you where we're at, um, so that you can see and know um, that the leadership of this church, not just staff or elders, but the, a wider group of leaders, community group leaders, ministry leaders, are in, are all in, and are serious about being the church that God has called us to be. And so, um, and, and, you know, again, we've, we've uh, worked with a group called Enjoy. They're, they're a capital campaign uh, group that works with nonprofits and churches to help um, do things like buy a building and raise capital. And we gave them all of our numbers and all of our books and our attendance, and they do a deep dive analysis of everything. And they came back and they said, from our 30 years of experience, we think that you as a church will be able to raise 1.3 million or 2 million if, if your people really get on board. And, and so we stepped out in faith and we threw out the 3.2 million number, which is what it cost to buy this building, and just said, you know, we, we want to, we believe we have a big God, we want to take a big step of faith and, and throw out a big challenge and, and see if, if we're going to step into this. And so, they, and they said, just be careful because if you raise 2 million, in our minds, that's out of the park, but don't let that be a discouragement to your people. And so, um, because you didn't hit the 3.2. And so our leaders came together, 
and uh, I asked you to pray about two numbers. I asked you to pray about an initial down payment gift, a one-time gift that you brought here this weekend because we close in a month that we would have enough to be able to close. And then over and above the next three years, your regular giving, because we can't have regular giving stop, that the, the normal ministry needs to continue on. This is over and above. Um, what would you give over three years? And so our leaders gave um, on Friday night. We have now $600,000 that they gave, and they pledged $1.3 million to go towards the total, which is, which is phenomenal. You can clap for that. So we are already out the gate, already out the gate, and already have just our leaders, um, which is about 20% of our church, have raised the number that they said we would raise on the low end. They did it just themselves. And so, um, so now is, is the time for us to, to, to be a part, for the rest of the church to, to be in, like Solomon did, invited the whole congregation to be a part of this. And so, again, I'm going to ask you, we gave cards in front of you. We're going to ask you to give these now. If you're newer, again, feel free to not participate in this. Um, if you're, you don't have, you're not ready yet, you said, I haven't figured it out yet, you can have another week or so. We're trying to figure this all out so we can wrap up our closing here on the first May 1st or May 2nd. Um, our three-year commitment, the three-year commitment is a combination in the first line of your gift you're giving today, a one-time gift today, plus what you're giving over and above for the next three years. Add those two numbers together, and that is the three-year total commitment. That goes in that first line. Then the second line says our first portion offering today is what are you giving today to go towards that down payment of our closing, right? Initial first fruit gift what were you able to give today? Write that amount there. And then it says the remaining balance of our giving will begin on, so when will you start giving towards that three-year commitment, right? And if that will be April, you can write April or May, whatever it is, when will you write that in there? And then on the bottom, you're going to rip off this card, and you're going to take the bottom home so you remember the numbers you write. So you, you write the same numbers on the bottom. And then there's a little section there that says description of gift. And, and what, what, what this group has found is that some over the years have different assets, um, stocks or bonds, things that they want to liquefy and, and that are able to be given that way. So um, we did one of these at our, our last church out in Michigan, and a guy had a boat and sold his boat and wanted they wrote boat on there. And so if you got a boat, I guess we'll take a boat and, and, and figure out what to do with that boat, okay? And so... Um, so here's, here's how we're, we're going to close our time. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And um, we tried to figure out how to do this in such a way that it would feel special. Because we want today to be special. Didn't want it to just be an ordinary Sunday. And yet, at the same time, didn't want it to be a show. Didn't want it to be something hokey. You know, we thought about just putting baskets out there and say, hey, on your way out, just drop your card in the basket. But... I, I think there's something about, um, I want you to remember today. I want you to remember today is a special day where what we are doing, I do believe, has the potential to change people's lives forever. Not, not just people sitting in here. I'm, I'm mostly thinking about the people that are not here yet. Right As we step into, I just made the list again of the things that we believe God's calling us to do. 
Um, first is to, to, to expand this space, to create lobby space so we have the ability to connect and fellowship together and to create um, youth space on Thursday nights out here in this coffee bar and put our elementary kids upstairs. And then to hire a Renew Ministry director. Uh, Renew Ministry is designed to help those that are just stuck. And there's a, an umbrella called Renew Ministry. I want you to get this because we're, we're, we need to hire this position because I'm so convinced that this is a ministry that we need to do here. And underneath Renew, we have three ministries currently. We have Regen on Monday nights. We have Hope and Healing. And then we have Conquer. Regen is for men and women to help you walk in your identity and calling to get unstuck where you're at. Hope and Healing is for women that have been hurt or betrayed by the significant others in their life about the issue of pornography. And then Conquer is specifically for men to be set free from the issue of pornography. That's just three subgroups underneath Renew Ministry. There's five more we want to begin. We want to begin a divorce care group, a grief share group, a marriage mentoring group, a group called Prodigal, which is for parents that have kids that have just walked away from you, the family, church, God, all of it, and they're prodigals, and your heart is breaking. There's a ministry we want to start for that. There's a freedom ministry to help you understand how the addictions and the hurts and the wounds of your past, God wants to set you free from that. There's so much we want to do, but we need to hire someone to, to, to lead this whole brand new ministry. Um, we want to be more active in the community and serve and love and care for people in the community. Um, we want to plant churches. The best way to get the gospel out is to start gospel churches. And so we, need, we want to bring a church planter on staff with the idea of in two years, he's going to go out and take 75 to 100 of you who are willing to roll up your sleeves and say, all right, let's live by faith. Let's do this. Let's go. And then we know God's calling us to missions, to God's heart for the world, for the nations. We need to have a heart for the world. And so we've got a missions team now. We're praying about where we're going to go and how we're going to go and what's God inviting us into and what will it look like for us to go on missions trips and to partner with a, a sister church somewhere in some third world country. There's so much church that we believe God's calling us to be and to do. But it's going to take the church to rise up. And so we're going to play a song and it's called The Church. And it's the idea, we've done it, I think, once before. And it's the idea of the church being the church. And it's probably about five minutes long. And what we're going to ask you to do is at some point during that song, we're going to ask you to get up from your seat and to, and to bring your gift as an offering. And that's why I wanted to attach a, a movement to it. Right, that you would remember, that you would remember getting up out of your chair. If you're, if you're married, I want you to walk up with your spouse, come together. We have a box here. There's a box right back there in the middle underneath the Rise Up uh, banner there. That you would bring your, your offering and this card, and that it would, be a, it would be an offering from your heart, cheerfully, not arm twisted, but that you would give to the, the vision of what it is that God is calling us to, to as a church. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Our, our team's going to start the song, and that you would just take a minute or two and pray. And would you just consecrate this gift unto the Lord, that today would be a very special day. And then when you're ready, at some point in five minutes, 
I'm just going to ask you to get up and go ahead and, and, and make that gift and deposit it in one of the boxes there. Okay? So just take a minute now and pray, and the worship team will, will sing this song.